Welcome to Law Level Podcast, Kevin Acey, Padres beat writer for the Union Tribune. That's Ryan Finley. He's the sports editor of the Union Tribune. I'm in Cincinnati, ready for another series where I look at the other team and I, I go, okay, I get why the Reds have, have been hot, kind of. But like, I look at the pitchers the Padres are going to face and I'm like, you know, if this was the Padres I thought I was covering, this shouldn't be a big deal. But like, here we are, month to go to the trade deadline. That's what we're looking at now. Ryan, where do you want to start? What the hell just happened? <laughs> That's where I want to start. Um, Kevin, in this job, you know, obviously, as much as I'd love to watch every Padre game and every pitch, I, I can't. I, we have other things. I walked away from a four to one baseball game yesterday, and within 25 minutes, they were losing again. And for what feels like the 30th time this year, I looked at my phone and went, What the hell just happened? So, yeah. what, what, what just happened? What just happened in Pittsburgh? Is it you more know, the same or is I it new creative ways? Yeah. It's it's new creative ways, but that's a part of it, right? Like, right. Um, it, this is what happens when a team falls apart. And I did not just say that the Padres are falling apart because you can't say that. What you can say is, like, this might be what's happening, all right? Because I could mm-hmm. go back to some games last year in the middle of the summer and say, oh, wow, that this, this doesn't look good. But what I'm telling you is all I can do is chronicle from day to day, and this is kind of what it looks like when a, a team is falling apart. Tim Hill fields his position really well. He's now made three errors in his last two innings uh, and, and, you know, cost himself, uh, what, five unearned runs the other day against Washington, mm-hmm. an unearned run yesterday, the tying run scores because he makes a, a throw that he shouldn't have made. Um, that, that is what happens when a player maybe is, you know, knows how important it is and stuff because Tim Hill is good at fielding his position and he's terrible right now. Xander Bogarts early in the game cost Joe Musgrove 11 pitches. I think it was the second inning, okay? Um, And I said at the time, you know, the way things are going with this team, that could be a big deal because now Joe, with a bullpen that is short at seventh inning guy, who had Nick Martinez pitched the night before, now Joe may be caught, lost an inning. And Joe, like Joe does, this is, what the, this is what the top guys do. Joe wasn't his best yesterday, and he grinded through six innings of two-run ball, allowed seven hits. He was kind of all over the place. But it, that play by Xander where he made a bad high throw and would have been a double play, that ends up potentially, you don't know, costing uh, Joe a, an extra inning. And then Tim Hill has to come in and cover the seventh. And, you know, uh, it blows up, but those are the kind of things that happen when a team is 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 bad. I've got more to say about that, um, but go ahead, Ryan. What else you got? Uh, you know, Kevin, we've been talking all year about how important it is for them to start hitting because we knew <clears throat> that the pitching wasn't going to continue to be as good as it's been. Right? That just stati- just like the stats say they should be hitting better, the stats also said I'm pretty sure this pitching wasn't going to continue. And we're starting to see – oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I, I, you're spot on. So that's what I was just going to build off of that. I thought, like, it very well could come back to haunt them. They didn't take advantage of the time when their their starting pitching was at its top and their bullpen was basically at the top of the major leagues for, for a month. So that – yeah. Now, look, Joe's pitching really well. Blake Snell's pitching really well. If Adam Wainwright comes back healthy, you figure you Darvish is going to give you a chance to win most of the time. He's not pitching very well right now, but going to give you a chance to win. So I don't. It's not like I'm down. I'm not saying sell on the Padres pitchers, but you. I think you know you've got a really good point. Yes, absolutely. Uh, uh, you met Michael Walker there, right? 
Michael Walker comes back. I'm sorry, Michael Walker. What did I say? Uh, Uh, Adam Wainwright. Adam Wainwright. I Uh, thought there for a minute. He's been on my mind a lot. He's been on my mind a lot. And you got former Cardinals. And I'm feeling really bad for Adam Wainwright right now. (laughs) That's all. I'm sorry about that. Michael Walker comes back. He's and and if he's what he was um, and continues to pitch at least somewhere close to that, whatever it is, one seven one ERA over his last nine starts, um, then. I think their their starting pitching is pretty solid. I think that they have uh, bullpen issues. And let's just say that they start hitting. I think the bullpen is a place you start to look at uh, uh, in advance of the trade deadline. Yeah, if you believe as the trade deadline approaches that you're still in this. Yeah, you've got another 10 or 15 games before you you figure that out. Sure. And and to me, you know, you look at what's so frustrating about this lineup, people I talk to at least, everybody goes, I don't even know where you would try to get better in terms of one through nine. I mean, obviously they need a D I, I think they need a DH. I think oh. they need bullpen help. Everybody else you are sort of riding with till the wheels fall off. I, think. I was just making that point with someone um, that uh, where do you get better? You got the, 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 the DH is the obvious one. Uh, some bullpen. Maybe you go get a starter. I don't know. It depends on how it depends on these next 10, 15, 20 games. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and, and where you're at. And do you really believe, I mean, I believe they are of the mindset right now that they're going to, you know, turn this around because why wouldn't they be right? Like you don't invest all this. Like, you know, the rest of us can be like, ah, screw this. They suck. Their their season's over. Well, we didn't invest $246 million in years of time uh, building this roster. So uh, they they can't do that. Okay. Um, And so there's, I do believe they're still of the mindset, but they also are of the mindset of, you know what, in two weeks, we might be thinking differently. Sure. And, and again, you've said this from the very beginning, Kevin, there's an escape hatch here if they decide that, that they're not competing, right? Or mm-hmm. that they're not mm-hmm. going to compete for a playoff spot. There are pieces they can potentially trade that would ease their financial burden. Um, though, given that the fact that most of their most expensive players aren't hitting very well, you're certainly ne- never going to, you're not going to trade Manny Machado, Xander Bogarts, Fernando Tatis Jr., but you can't, you know, right? Was, yes. Right. I mean, is Juan, is it too soon to talk about Juan Soto? Well, it's, you mean now or in two weeks? Yeah. I mean, it's in, not, yeah, in no. two, in two weeks, in two weeks, is it it's, too soon? No, it's not too soon. It's uh, the, the sooner, the higher the value. Uh, it really depends on what do you think, you know, where are you going to punt uh, on? I'm not saying punt on next year, but like, you know, what, what, where are you rebuilding? I think that's a right. real possibility because said it all along and, and and it's not like just me saying it like I, I have a quote from Eric Gruppner uh, from January about eventually this roster will not be comprised of all guys making 20 million dollars okay so you know yes one w- could be on the market uh, Blake Snell and Josh Hader you need to get uh, you need to get something if you're not gonna be a contender you need to get something for Josh Hader and Blake Snell now because being that you are uh, you know, up in the payroll stratosphere, your mm-hmm. compensation as in compensatory picks, which is how the Padres did a lot of their business for years. It, it's not as good. It's basically, sure. I mean, it's, 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 you know, it's really not anything to really even think about if you, right. if they leave as free agents. So you need to get right. something for those guys. Again, I really do believe right now they are more in the aggressive mindset of, you know, quote unquote buyers. Uh, sure. But they also are, you know what? That that definitely could change here uh, in, in in two weeks, and 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 they're that's also in their mind. 
which is crazy. Kevin, you semi-famously wrote uh, a couple weeks ago that this was going to be one of the largest month or five-week or six-week stretches in Padre history. We're about halfway through, and, I, and these returns are not good. No, no. And the reason that I say it is is for the exact same reason that – this is what people are calling the most disappointing season in Padres history so far. Well, that's because it was the most anticipated season in Padres history. There were worse seasons than this. Oh, my but God, there were, yes. Worse yeah. seasons than this that were expected to, you know, have your team be a championship contender. So that's why this month and the decisions that will be made as a result of these next couple of weeks – yeah, I think it's it, pretty straightforward that it's uh, as, as big as it has ever gotten with this organization. Sure. Hey, Kevin, you just came from Cincinnati, or from Pittsburgh, where there's not a whole lot to get excited about just in terms of their daily lineup, though they just swept the Padres. And you're coming into Cincinnati where, man, they're exciting now. They're fun now. Yeah. This is a, they were awful a year ago, and they're at least exciting now. I don't know if they're good, but they're exciting. What do you expect from the Reds? They are exciting and they are good in terms of like right now, like, look, they won 12 straight, which is, you know, like any team can run off 12 straight. You can't like, like, you know, bad teams can do it. They then lost two at Baltimore or they lost one. They lost to Atlanta. Then they lost two at Baltimore. And then they came back and won their final two at Baltimore. So like they, they won 14 of 17. They are exciting. They're, they're scoring. But it's not like they're scoring, like, a lot of runs every night. Um, their pitching isn't great. They're winning 7-6. They're winning 11-10. What, what, what are two numbers I just threw out there? Those are numbers where the margin was one. In that 12-game win streak, they had mm-hmm. six one-run victories. That's Whoa. one more than the Padres have this year. I mean, that wow. blew my mind. Like – but that was what the Padres did for a time last year. Once the Padres went on their little uh, run, and I forget when it was. Uh, it was late. It was very late. Uh, August, maybe mid-August, mid to late September or something. They, they won like 10 one-run games in a row. Not like 10 games in a row that were decided by one run. But of the games decided by one run in that month-long span, the Padres were undefeated. And, and not every good team does that. But, you know, the other day I looked back at the 2021 Braves. The 2021 Braves, who got 112 games in, were at 500 for the final time, 110 games in, I believe, and they were under 500, 109 games in. And they had a profile very similar to the Padres in terms of one runs, in terms of not uh, coming back. Like, a lot of times a a scuffling team just can't find a way to win those games. And the Reds are, are feeling it right now. Yeah, yes, they are. Ellie De La Cruz has played 20 big league games, yeah. Kevin. He's hitting 300 with three home runs, 11 RBIs, and nine stolen bases. Uh, extrapolate those out, and he's uh, he's a stud. Uh, it, Cruz, Tatis, I think those are two very interesting young players uh, yeah. to, to score off this week. Before we go, Kevin, we've got just a couple minutes left because I know you've got to get to the ballpark. Your Padres Daily newsletter lead today was about Hassan Kim. And I think lot. Lost in the profound disappointment of this season is the fact that Hassan Kim is the Padres MVP. He's in 258, 755 slug. He barreled up a ball yesterday that was 97.3 miles an hour. It was the what for a guy who has not yeah for a guy who has not hit velocity at all. He hit a 97 mile an hour fastball into the seats yesterday. 
What has he meant to this team, both in the clubhouse and on the field? It's interesting you say the MVP. Like, in no way is that a good thing for the Padres' big picture, no, no matter how much you love Hassan Kim. It should be Manny Machado or Juan Soto or Fernando Tatis or Xander Bogarts. Um, like, that's just, that's just fact. But you might be right that it is, even if his numbers aren't as good. Like, he's had clutch hits. He's played incredible defense at, at three different positions. Like, yeah, that's what he's meant to them. And, yes, uh, you talk to people about Hassan Kim, and he's, they talk about him being a ball player. And obviously there's the defense and, but like watch how he changes during an at bat because he knows what his capabilities are. And that's a mark of a good ball player. He knows what the count is, what the pitcher is trying to do to him. Uh, You know, and now with experience and with that, the smarts that he has and the work that he does uh, now he is catching up to 97 mile an hour fastballs more regularly, far more regularly, as a matter of fact. Um, And, and, and he is finding his power stroke. He is getting on base enough to run and, and he's an, he's an all around ball player. Again, they should have guys that are better and, you know, uh, better than him, but he is a winning ball player. Six years ago, I think he'd be the Padres representative of the All-Star game. I you know? can make the argument that he should be now. Like, Josh Hader has 18 saves. Um, Juan Soto should go. Fernando Tatis Jr. is an exciting player. He needs to kind of have a good weekend maybe. I don't know. Um, but I can make the argument it's awesome. Sure. Can, can I read you a tweet from our Tom Krasovic that I, that I just sure. thought was interesting with regard to Hassan Kim? Hassan Kim lead, leads all MLB players in defensive runs saved per the Fielding Bible. He's third among among NL position players in War B, 3.6, and first in in defensive War B, 1.8. It's a great line. My old eyes see a very good competitor. And I think that that's that's true. I mean, all these metrics obviously are very kind to Hassan Kim and illustrate his, his, his importance to this team. But you're right. He grinds. He adjusts. He plays his butt off. I mean, yeah. he, he hustles. I know hustle is um, arbitrary and not a sign of a good player, but uh, fans love watching guys who hustle, and man, does he hustle. You know what? Hustle and not making the improvements that he's making, you're right. Like, you know, okay, great. That's super. You know, Travis Jankowski hustled. He's one of the finest human beings I've ever known. Uh, but, you know, whatever. Uh, yes, a hustler and a performer, man. Absolutely. Hustle can be highly overrated as long as a guy's got a 900 OPS. Do you remember Eric? Oh, you probably, this was before your time. Eric Owens, dirty t-shirt giveaway night. Padres had a guy named Eric Owens who, yes. who slid head first into everything. And they gave away. I do not remember the t-shirt night, but I remember Eric Owens. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. So when, when we, I always think Eric Owens, when we talk about hustle, which is hustle without numbers is eyewash. Hustle with numbers, like what we're seeing from, from Hassan Kim is important. And because it makes him the player he is too, right? Like, like in the same way that to a certain extent, the lack of hustle is what makes Manny Machado, Manny Machado, not the current Manny Machado, but the career long Manny Machado. Um, And uh, you know, everybody's their own person. And, and, and that's, you know, that, that this is awesome. And I think it's awesome. And I think it's fantastic how much people love him because uh, I, I think he deserves every bit of that. And I thank him that he gave me the opportunity to be positive uh, in the midst of, of this five game losing streak and this season that appears to uh, be falling apart. I, I understand sure. there's a lot of you out there saying 
falling apart. It's falling apart. Well, all right, let's just, you know, let's just watch it unfold or else turn your TV sets off and unsubscribe and, and we'll see you next year. But like yeah. there are 81 games left. Exactly. Exactly. We will have a very long Q and a with Hassan Kim posted. Well, probably by the time you're listening it's to this, really it will be, yeah, it's really good about him and, and Leo by, which is uh, very cool there. It's his longtime translator. Kevin, you've got a ball game to get to before we go. Any truth to the fact that they moved the start time up because Taylor Swift's got a concert tonight? Let me tell you something. <laughs> it, it's unbelievable what is happening right now in downtown Cincinnati. It is 80% of the people on the street are a mom or a, or a tween girl. It is unbelievable. Like it, it's moms and tween girls and the rest of us walking around looking at each other like, what is happening here? What did we just walk into a Disney special? It's crazy. <laughs> That's fantastic. That's fantastic. All right, Kevin. Uh, that'll do it for this episode of the Hot Lava Podcast. For Kevin AC, I'm Ryan Finley. Kevin, hopefully we will talk under maybe better circumstances uh, before the Padres July 4th series against the Angels. Lots to talk about there for sure. But first, a series with the Reds. And uh, Kevin, enjoy your time with the Swifties. I know you're a fan. Uh, and we will talk soon. <laughs>